everybody to the nations worldwide this is episode 70 of the travel couple podcast where we introduce you to a couple travelers who offer their advice on how you can travel the world together while earning money living that travel lifestyle we're your hosts mike pletz and natalie tune in every wednesday as we interview couples living a travel lifestyle get relationship advice about being on the road with your significant other and listen how others are struggling and thriving in their personal and business lives while traveling the world this is your one-stop podcast for travel relationship and business goals on episode 66 of the travel couple podcast we had devin and steven on from creative travel couples they talked about creating their brand Robins and how it was going to launch later uh in august and it is live so go check them out at robins.com they created a travel wallet that you need to check out over there they designed it everything themselves so go check them out robins.com and in today's episode, we are joined by Jasmine and Steven of Travel to Blank. They're an Ecuadorian-American travel couple who work together to operate their travel blog while not necessarily always traveling together. We talk with them about this, how they complement each other so well, and some very practical traveling advice. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jasmine and Steven. Today we are joined by Jasmine and Steven of Travel to Blank, one from Ecuador, the other from America. They met while in college and have not stopped traveling since and have found themselves living in various parts of the world while continuing their travels. You can follow them online at traveltoblank.com. Hello Jasmine and Steven and welcome to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having us. For us it's a pleasure to be sharing this podcast with you. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day and joining us here. Let's just get started to kind of get to know a little bit more about the two of you. Can you give our audience a little background about yourselves, how you met, and kind of how your relationship has gone since? Yeah. Um, so I met Stephen actually my last day uh, in Colorado. I am Ecuadorian, and I was studying in the University of Colorado Boulder, and I was actually picking up my stuff to go back home. And that night, my friends were like, oh, let's go out. Like, I let's just, you know, have fun for the last days that you're going to be here. And I was like, awesome, let's go. And on my way home, I saw this guy uh, doing the line to go into a bar. And I was like, I just turned around and I told my friend, like, he's, I'm going to marry him. And he was like, wait, what? And I was like, yes, I don't know. Like, he's the one. And, like, I went inside, like a stalker, and tried to um, to talk to him. And he actually was with a bunch of my friends uh, that somehow I never actually got to hang out, like out, like in, in bars or anything like that. So it was kind of cool because after that, we just click. And I think like after a month, we were already engaged, which was kind of fast. Um, yeah. And then uh, one year later, after we were engaged, we were already married and had moved uh, from the U.S. to Ecuador, just like that. That's incredible. So is it, uh, do you two really believe in love at first sight then? I never did before it happened to me. Uh, but I think like, you know, you have to work for a relationship. Like it's not magic. It takes time. And if you, if you agree on some values and you know where you want to go in life, like if you find someone with that, like that thinks the same way you do, it's easier to make it work out. Like, I'm not going to say that it was, like, 
all roses and smiles and rainbows with Steve. But, you know, we have managed to make it work even when times have been uh, really tough, at least for me. So I think like you know, any relationship is a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of uh, emo- like, you know, passion and also understanding and respect above everything. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, relationship is, is is a lot of work needs to be put into it. Now, not to put you on the spot here, Jasmine, but what was it about Steve that made you think that this is the the one from the very moment you laid eyes on him? Honestly, I was just coming from my trip to Israel, so I saw his keeper and I just I don't know, he was just perfect. He was tall and I always liked tall guys and um, once I went inside, like his personality, he was like, he's kind of a person that at first you don't know if you like or not, because he's kind of, um, reserved, reserved. And I'm not like, I can talk for hours and you're going to see that eventually. Um, <laughs> and you know, at first, like, I, I'm just, I'm just used to click with people that are like more like me and less with people that are like Steve because they feel intimidated by me. Uh, but with the Steve, it just kind of worked. Uh, and that made it really easy. And the thing about Steve is that he's also, he doesn't have, uh, like a bad feeling. I don't know how to say that in English, but in Spanish, you say malicia, which is like, he's really not, like, not naive, but he's a really good person at heart. So, you know, he texts me the next day at two in the morning and I was like, okay, that's kind of weird that someone texts me at two in the morning to hang out. Uh, but he didn't mean it with any, you know, other thoughts. Like he actually meant like, you know, that's when he woke up and he wanted to just hang out. And that actually built a relationship because we are both like that. Like we do not plan things like we just act on the moment and we take life as it comes. And I think like that has made our relationship stronger because we are used to, um, you know, to like if today we have to be back in Ecuador, we will be like we don't complicate ourselves uh, in small things. We just go and see what life has for us. Mm-hmm. And I love that, that you two really complement each other. And it's the same thing in, in myself and Natalie's relationship. And, uh, you know, the, the complimenting is uh, really, really helps to, you know, grow one another and everything like that. And uh, was the love of travel something that also kind of united you two as well? Uh, I think that came actually afterwards because Steve always traveled uh, with his family around the United States and some some places internationally, but mostly in the U.S. Rather than me, like growing up, my first destination was actually America. When I was two years old, I went to Disney. And since then, I have been traveling to over 60 countries, uh, a lot of them with my parents and some of them with Steven. So I think it came afterwards, but it was more like camping that made us grow closer together because i never camped before yeah basically when we met um i didn't have a driver's license actually at the time um i had i didn't get it in high school and then i was out of the country and i just never got around to getting it so basically within two weeks of me meeting jasmine (laughs) she already had me sign up to uh my permit and then do my driving test and get it and so it was really just she didn't like driving. <laughs> and for me to learn to drive, I just planned like weekend trips for us so I could get out on the road, get out uh, of a city and actually 
learn how to drive without having a lot of stop signs and a lot of traffic around. So I kind of used her to make me be able to travel more as well. But she didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. <Until now. laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I want to get more into your travels together and talking a little bit more about the experiences that you have been through together as a couple. But before we get into that, I like to ask a two-word question to all the couples that come on to our show. It's a, a two simple two-word question, but for so many people it has such a complex response, and that is why travel? Why do you two travel? And you could have different responses for this, but, you know, why? what makes you want to get out there and travel more? I think what uh, makes us want to travel more and more each time is to see how much we have grown um, as a person, uh, as a couple, as professionals even. Um, traveling, I have a master, Steve has a master, and my mom and my dad, always taught me that education was the most important thing in life and I agree with that but I think like the best school in my life has been being able to talk to so many different people in so many places in the world you know with different backgrounds with different religions with different viewpoints with different like even political views like it's just it, it's amazing how much you can grow and how much you can learn just by traveling to different destinations and like even if you choose not to talk to strangers because a lot of people do not like you know, going and talking to it, even a, like an, um, a person from the location or even someone that they go in the, in the tour with because they are really reserved. Even just being out there, it teaches you a lesson. Like I come from a third world country and the United States in a way, because I used to come frequently, uh, it used to be like not such a, a, a shocking place. But then the more I travel other places, I realize, you know, how undeveloped my country is compared to other places and how the mentality is totally different and how that actually affects a lot of the politics and a lot of our culture in general. So to me, it's kind of really interesting to see uh, the power that travel has. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that response. And uh, let's see, you know, where were the two of you last? Where are you right now? And then where are you going to be traveling to next in the future? Um, actually, our last trips weren't together. I went uh, last month to a guy's weekend in Punta Gorda, Florida. Um, so that was without Jasmine. And Jasmine most recently went back home to Ecuador, I believe, um, to visit family and get some work done there. Right now, we're in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's where we live, where we're based. I actually have a full-time job right now here in an office in Raleigh. Um, and Jasmine, then, is the one who gets to travel more often. So she's the one who will be traveling next to... She can uh, um, fill that in. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm actually going next week to Charleston, South Carolina. Then I'm going to Savannah, uh, Georgia. I'm taking my dad there because I think they're beautiful destinations that if you ever are in the south of the United States, you actually have to visit. Um, then I'm going to go uh, to Cuba. Then I'm going to uh, to celebrate our fifth year anniversary with the statement we're going to Peru and Bolivia. Uh, and going back to South America, I love that part of the continent. 
So I'm always trying to go back. And then I'm going to, if God allows, I'm going to be going to Albuquerque to the Balloon Fiesta in New Mexico. Uh, I have a road trip plan for California. And that's not even before, that's all before Thanksgiving. And then for Thanksgiving, we're actually going to Italy. We're doing a small road trip uh, in the Tuscany region. Incredible. Lot, lots planned for sure. Now, is this, do you guys uh, find yourselves uh, not traveling as much together than when you first met? Well, I think, like, the thing is, like, we used to travel a lot together. Last year, we were actually doing a road trip around the United States, and Steve was the one driving, uh, writing the content, and, um, and what else? And contacting people. Because, uh, of course, English is his native language yeah. uh, and mine is Spanish. So normally I do a draft and then he has to actually uh, proofread it. Yeah, and make it better. Um, so he actually got burned out and he decided to look for a full time job somewhere because he needed that to be stable in a place. And also having that responsibility of not having a steady paycheck can make your trip not as enjoyable. So we were like, we decided to move to Raleigh. Um, but I told him like, you know, I want to keep doing this project and one of us has to be available to, to travel. And we have two dogs, two Labradors. So it's really hard to travel with two dogs. Uh, so it actually kind of all worked out. Uh, Steve gets to travel during the weekends. Uh, we're going to Washington DC tomorrow actually with my, uh, with my dad. Um, so he can, he can only join during the weekends or, uh, if he gets some vacation days, but you know, it's not as as cool as it used to be, but I think it, it gives some uh, stability to uh, our lives and to our relationship as well. Cause there's always a place where we can come back, you know, sleep in a nice bed, take a shower and have a steady paycheck. Right. And beyond that, um, basically for several years, we were working together at the same, trying to start our own company in Ecuador. We studied a master's together so we were studying all day together, living together. Then we went on a several-month road trip around the United States. So it was kind of several years that there was not a waking or sleeping moments that we spent apart. And just the ability now, even though only one of us gets to travel, it also does allow us to have a little bit of time to ourselves, which can also be super important in relationships. And it allows us to communicate better with each other um, when we're not actually in person, which can be difficult in some times. Yeah, and, and that's the thing about, like, for example, Steve and I, like he was saying, like, we were, for four years of our relationship, we were literally glued together. Like, there was no, like, no one minute that we weren't together, and even our classmates in the master were like, how can you do it? Like, you go, like, literally, you wake up with a guy, then you go to school, you sit next to him, then you go home, you do homework with him, then you party with him and then you go back to school. Like, how can you do all that? Um, and the thing is, like, it made our relationship stronger. And, you know, I see Steve as, like, I don't know, part of, like, I don't know, who I am in a way. Because we have been together for so long in that sense. Like, it's not even the amount of time, but it's, like, the amount of years, the amount of time that we have actually spent together. But it has been fantastic. And as he said, it's really important in a relationship to, relationship to also have these breaks. And I think it, it is to, it's, it's good to find that balance. 
Absolutely. And uh, relationships all about balance and, you know, uh, one relationship is not like any other relationship. So obviously you two have, have worked on something that, uh, you know, is, you know, taking your relationships to the next level, whether that's finding time with uh, by yourself and, uh, you know, working on communication. That's incredible. Now, I want to talk about experiences together the, uh, on your travels. Uh, you know, travel brings a lot of, uh, about a lot of different experiences. You know, good, bad, and sometimes the awkward or hilarious travel experiences. So I'm going to start with what has been the most rewarding travel experience together? That experience that, you know, made you fall in love with traveling as a couple or that experience that, uh, you know, you really uh, fell in love with a destination together. What has been that rewarding travel experience? Um, one of the most rewarding experience that I've, I have had, it's kind of complex because it was in a bad situation. Uh, I wanted to surprise Steve by, with breakfast. So I went out and I grabbed his wallet and I went to the grocery store. So when I went back, I put it on my pants and, but I saw a lot of candy. So I love candy. So I got distracted and bought a lot of it and my wallet fell. So it was a terrible moment, but the most rewarding thing was that within two days, someone actually returned the wallet to the police. And to me, that was one, something that like coming uh, from a country where like if you, you, you leave your wallet for one second, you're never going to see it again. It was kind of amazing to see that there's so many different people in this world that act so so differently. And that's when I was like, I need to know more about different cultures, about different places and about different customs, because it just amazed me. Like, I thought it was n not possible that, you know, that could happen somewhere in the world. And it did. And, you know, and it really made my experience like, in that destination better. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I have gone back maybe like three times now. It was in uh, Vienna. And and even though it's always raining every time I go, you know, I still see it as one of the most beautiful places just because of the people, of like how nice people were with me that day. Uh, I went to the police station. They were really nice. People at the hotel, like they were always trying to help me. And I just, I don't know, I feel like that was one of the most rewarding moments of traveling, at least for me. That Yeah, that's an incredible story. And it's amazing how an experience like that can really shape uh, your, your thoughts on that place and those people. And it's, it's incredible how much of an impact that can have on you and on your experience in that destination. Now, I want to ask you to about a different type of, a different side of travel. And this is, you know, something that we all go through. It might be a bad experience at the time, but maybe you can look back on it and laugh. And that is, you know, an awkward and embarrassing or a hilarious travel experience that you have gone through. It's hard to actually think of any one situation that pops out in my mind. A lot of travel is things go wrong, things don't go according to plan, and you just can't be embarrassed about it. You can't be awkward about it. You just have to go with the flow and enjoy the opportunities that you have, even if it's not what you thought, not what you expected. Um, one situation was when we were in Belgium, I believe, and we walked across an entire city yeah, it was in Bruges. In Bruges. 
we walked across an entire city at the hostel. They had this big, beautiful map, and they said, you have to go to this one street. It's the un one unpaved street in the entire city. So we walked across the entire city. We, we skipped a bunch of places that day because we knew we had to reach there. And when we got there, it really was, as they said, an unpaved street in, <laughs> in a city. And it was just so, we felt so uncomfortable just with ourselves, the situation, like the whole situation that we had gotten ourselves into. We effectively had wasted an entire day of our trip, which can be very valuable time. But it was just, we, we were so uncomfortable with ourselves. We were so unsure of every decision that we made when we were then planning the next cities that we were going to. We didn't know if, just because a map says that it's a valuable place to go, even if it's, if it's a tourist map, a person at the hotel or hostel we were staying at suggested, like, is it worth it for them, but not really for anyone else to go to? And, like, and it I was think, just awkward for us. And I think, like, actually, that experience was one of the reasons why we decided to push even travel to Blanca even more. Because we were so frustrated that we were giving this information. Because, like, they were honest. They said it was on paved street. But we honestly thought it was, I had to have something else. Because, I mean, the rest of the world have on paved streets all, every, everywhere, you know? So it was like, you know, uh, we were like, we need to share with our readers, you know, not only, like, the top places to go, but also show them, you know, all the places are as valuable, but are not as crowded. We wanted just to give them the best possible information and that's why we try to write in our guides something that we would like to read when we are going to go to a new destination absolutely and you know you've touched on this a little bit with your experiences but do you have a really bad experience that you two have had to go through when traveling i know you lost the the wallet but there was a, a good ending to that story do you have another bad experience that you've been through absolutely <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tra traveling for many years does get you plenty of uh, bad experiences that's just the reality of travel or the reality of life. Um, we did lose that wallet once, but it came back to us. But our worst one was when we lost not only our wallet, we lost our passports, our student visas. We were studying in Madrid at the time. We lost our camera. Jasmine lost her wedding, uh, ring, wedding ring, engagement rings. And I, that... Let me correct you. We didn't lose them. We got we got robbed. So <laughs> um, that was really bad. It was in our hostel. So just like a, in a side note, if you are ever traveling, please use your safe one. And if you are staying in a hostel, buy a locker. Lock. Yeah, buy, buy a locker. Sorry, and always use a locker. Like no matter what, like because we had a lock, a lock, but it wasn't. It didn't fit the locker, and we didn't want to spend two more euros we end up almost losing $8,000 because we didn't have travel insurance. So it really came to bite us um, to not spend those two years. We lost pretty much everything we had, all the notes that we had about our previous um, places that we visited, which was at the end of our Euro trip. There was a month worth of photos and notes all gone. And, yeah. and it was also, since we were studying abroad at the time, it was our student visa. So even after our trip, once we got everything figured out, it was still another three months of paperwork that we had to go through to get our 
visa stuff figured out. There was really just no end. To yeah. And the worst thing is like the guy who robbed us, he was in our, in our, in our hostel and he was sleeping for three days. So everyone was even wondering if he was still alive or not. Cause he'd never even woke up. Um, and then like, we asked the, the, when we, we realized that someone stole our stuff, we went to the, the front, to the reception and asking, and asked them to please give us the information of the guy so we can go to the police. And unfortunately, the guy didn't actually check in ever. He was sleeping there for free because it seems like in Stockholm, they do not use, um, locks, locks in the doors so people can just walk in. Uh, and it was a really bad, it was really bad three days that we needed to do a lot of work contacting people to get our, our visas, to get our passport replaced, uh, to be a, even able to go back to Madrid. Um, and the police didn't even know what to do because they said that that barely happens there. So it was quite, quite an experience, I will say. Definitely. Now, together as a couple, how do you work through something like that from the point that you find it out uh, to the point where you realize that, you know, you need to start taking action about, you know, what you're going to do next to uh, kind of replace these documents and everything? Like, how do you work through that as a couple? Luckily, we uh, approached it as soon as we realized we were robbed. We each approached it in totally different ways. The first thing I did is I picked up my phone. I made an international phone call, and I canceled all of our credit cards while Jasmine was (laughs) crying in the corner and didn't know what to do. I knew if someone steals the credit card, they'll they'll try spending in minutes later before anything's canceled and just max out what they can. Um, and then once Jasmine was more calm, she was then the one who was better to go talk to the front desk to contact the police. It was basically, we knew each other's personalities, each other's personalities, and we both knew parts of what to do since it was the first time that we had been in such a negative situation, um, with such a big theft. We basically worked together and worked off of each other's strengths. And if we both weren't there, only half the outcome would have happened. I would have been able to cancel all my credit cards. I know that's super important, but I wouldn't feel comfortable going to the police. And Jasmine, it didn't even occur to her that someone would spend the money on her credit card. And it turns out they had tried spending like $4,000 an hour later, but the the credit card didn't end up charging her because we had notified them. And another, you know, story, another, it seems like a common theme between the two of you that you really do complement each other and you really do, uh, you know, together are the full package when it comes to taking care of things, especially when these, when these unpredictable, uh, horrible things do happen when, when you do travel. Right, and we really hope that that would be the case in every situation. Um, with And just traveling as a couple, it's so easy to focus on all the positive things. We have a lot of great times, but the, the times that are actually the hardest are the ones that make our relationship stronger, the ones that we still talk about. We've spent a lot of time, even just in this conversation, talking about the few times that we've either lost our stuff or we've been robbed, because that has in some ways such a bigger impact than 
some of the good things that we experience. And in a way also, like, um, I don't know why. I mean, I do know why I am more distracted than Steve. And I am more likely to lose our stuff. Like, in January, I lost our camera. I left him in the plane, and he almost murdered me. But, you know, uh, you know, it's kind of like... Having that partner that you that accepts you the way you are, and even though sometimes you do things that frustrate each other, to ha- to be competent, uh, how do you say that? To be um, to be more willing to let it go and not get too frustrated to the person, but more at the situation. Like you know, when that happened, I was flying from New York. I was going to Cuba, and I left the camera, and I called him, and I was like, I lost the camera, and like he was like. Oh, okay. Don't I'll file worry. The, I'll file the insurance claim. Like, Just let me know. He didn't even yell at me. He didn't even get frustrated, which I would have. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, but that kind of makes my relationship, like, makes me value our relationship even more and understand that, like, you know, it's gonna be really hard to find someone who will treat you in that way, even in this type of situations. And also, it makes you realize after, like, I feel like that's what he feels after being with me for so long. It's like. You stop valuing things so much, otherwise I will drive you crazy because I lose everything I touch. So, excellent, excellent stories about your two travels and you know all the all the things that you've learned from each other over the years and how you can uh, apply it in your your relationship, but also when you're traveling. And which brings me to my next question about how traveling has affected your relationship together. How do you feel that, you know, all the travels you've been on, how has this affected your relationship? And not only that, but how has traveling separately also affected your relationship together? Yeah, so first of all, traveling together has really, from the get-go, forced us to take things more seriously to overcome disagreements or obstacles that we have between each other quicker because when you're traveling you're with the other person there's not really any place else to go sure if you're staying in a hotel you could walk outside and spend the afternoon apart but in the end you're together all the time traveling in the hotel you're touring or you're on an airplane and there's no getting away from the other person so you need to find quick and effective ways to really get through a disagreement with each other. And and I've seen like the, one of the things that we have learned the most uh, about traveling is that, um, you know, it's just to understand that we want different things and that's okay. Uh, because sometimes when you're traveling, you have to compromise because let's say I want to go to this museum, but the other person wants to go to a different place and or they don't like museums. So sometimes you need to learn to compromise and so it gets really hard. But at the end, it's really rewarding because you get you sometimes you say that you don't like something because you haven't tried it. And that happens to me a lot. Um, and because of Steve, I have discovered and things that I now love and I cannot understand how I used to live without them. So I think the traveler traveling has makes you also a better person in that sense that you're able to be more uh, understanding. Excellent. And, you know, you two mentioned that when you first met and you guys were married and all this, you guys were spending a lot of time together, like almost 24-7 between your studies and also traveling. And now you find yourselves uh, traveling separately more often. 
Have you learned new things about one another and new things about your relationship during this period where you are traveling separately? Like it's a different kind of lifestyle uh, in terms of what you're used to going from being together almost all the time towards this uh, lifestyle of, you know, traveling separately more often. Have you learned new things in your relationship and between one another? Absolutely. Um, since we spent so long together physically, and then now there's longer segments that we're not together, the biggest thing that we've learned about each other and for our relationship is a new level of trust and communication. We've always trusted each other, but it's it's easier to say you trust someone when they're standing in front of you than if they're halfway across the world. It's easier to communicate in a lot of situations when you're talking to someone, when you can see how they're reacting to what you're saying, when you can really see what their emotions are as well, versus I'm sitting in an office, I'm texting Jasmine, and she's facing issues while she's traveling traveling across Europe, and we need to figure it out together. And it really just makes us try new things in, in that sort of communication. Yeah, and also, like, always being, like, honest, I think, like, for, for, for example, sometimes, like, I text him when I was in Europe, like, four in the morning, and he was like, I'm sorry, like, I'm too tired, like, I would, like, I'd love to talk to you, but, you know. It's I would, four in the morning yeah, for me, I'm glad it's the middle of the day for you, I, I need to sleep. So, you know, having that thing, and, like, without, you know, getting resented because, you know, he didn't want to answer your phone call, or, or he's at, at a meeting at work, like, you know, being able to understand that now he's like that person, the other person is not 100% available when you want that person to be available. Because before when you were 24-7 with that person, you were available at the same time. Definitely, definitely. Now, when you two did travel together, uh, there's a lot that goes into preparing and planning for a trip, uh, whether it be booking a flight, booking accommodation, planning the itinerary, getting from point A to point B. There's a lot that goes into traveling. How did you two split th split this up? Like, who takes care of what when you're going on a trip together? It's uh, really simple for me to explain. Jasmine plans everything, and I'm the one who carries the valuables. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Excellent. So, I mean, and obviously, Jasmine, this has kind of continued as you travel. You find yourself traveling more often by yourself, right? Yeah. And, and for me, for example, like uh, right now, because I know I don't have a Steve, which is the person who normally carries everything that is of value I came and he's more aware of the situations of, the, of what it's going around while I can honestly see something happening and then ask you like hey was there like a noise like you know I'm literally unaware of everything around me um, I came up with a system you know that when I go on a trip whatever I have with me I count it so let's say I have a hat I have a, a bag, I have a computer, I have a map. And they are the four things are in my map. So I honestly count four things. So every time I move, I okay, I have one, two, three, four. And in that way, I have been more, I have been more aware of what I, I'm carrying and I haven't lost anything of value yet. And I hope it stays like that. But, you know, it helps me also to get to know myself a little bit better and to find new methods to make it work. 
And I think the same thing happens with Steve because like right now, like he's managing, he's working a 40 hour week job plus travel to blank. So he still has to um, read proof everything I write. So, you know, he has to find a method for himself to be able to not get uh, worn out with all the amount of work that we have. Because a lot of people think that traveling, like blogging and traveling is just fun and getting free stuff or things like that. But it actually involves a lot of hours. Like, um, I am a person that likes to be organized. So I have a calendar of all the things that I have to do every single day. And honestly, I start my day at 7 in the morning. And sometimes I can finish my day around 8 to 9 p.m. There's other days that it's not like that. So the same thing goes for Steve. Uh, so Steve has to, you know, he has to put all this work after hours, after he's done with his full-time job. So I think, you know, uh, Traveling Separate has also given us, like, that way of, like, learning how to work in our own methods to make traveling keep going for both of us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And... You two have been to a lot of different places together. What is the the one destination at the top of your list that you are, you know, it's at the top of your list to return to? That, uh, you know, it really, the destination that you two really enjoyed, it really spoke to you, and it's at the top of your list to return to? Uh, I mean... Honestly, we do not like to go back to destinations because I feel like there's so many places to go that going back to a place sometimes takes the opportunity to go somewhere new, even though we do realize that each place changes every single day. Like a new store is open, a new museum is open, so it's always good to go back. But I will say a destination on the top of my mind that I would love to go back with Steve, it will be Paris. Uh, I know it's kind of cliche, and I used to say I would never go to Paris with my husband or my boyfriend or anything because that's just too cheesy for me. But we were there for a, for a, um, a week yeah. and we had such a good time. Uh, we were taking photos all the time and all that content was lost in Sweden. So I would like to go back and take, you know, take it uh, again, going back and recreate all the content that we had, all the photos and also like just enjoy the destination as of like, uh, a trip of like vacation, more not more not so much as work, um, and understand why it's the city of love. Because you know, there's a there's a reason why it is so popular, and there's so there's a reason why it's called the city of love. So I want to go back and actually enjoy that destination. I would say that's maybe where I would like to go back. I don't know. How about you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the places we do go, we're um, we're traveling and it's as a business, so there's only so much time in each day to to hit all the spots that we want to hit. So honestly, it would just be any of the destinations we've been, but I'd love to go back without a camera. I'd love to just go back yeah. and actually walk through these places and not be thinking about how to get the coolest photo, what's the most important information to include in any, and just trying to find myself and and find our relationship in a new city because that's the thing though like you know a lot of like a lot of times we are not paid to go to a destination per se but because we're already there everything becomes work everything becomes work because in our mindset it's like oh we can create this content we don't know if this is going to be the the, the post that's going to go viral we don't know if this is going to be a value for our re- readership so even though we're not getting paid and we're actually paying to go somewhere it ends up being work because we still have to do the same amount of work as if we, we were getting paid. 
Um, and I did, you know, I did a road trip, um, Euro trip with my mom like last November. We visited like seven cities. So by the last city, I was actually burned out. And I was actually not working with the tourism board at all. And I told my mom and my sister, who just joined me for that destination, I told her, like, I'm not bringing my camera. If you want photos, bring your phone. I'm not bringing anything. And she was like, why not? Because I'm literally not going to write about this. I don't care if it's going to be a good post or not. I'm just not doing this work. I'm actually enjoying it. And it was so, so refreshing and so different than the rest of my trip. I'm not saying that the first part was bad. It was awesome. But it was so good to finally, for the last three days out of a month-long Euro trip, to actually just enjoy the destination, you know, have wine if I wanted, because it was on in, in Porto, Portugal. So enjoying wine, just walking around the streets, don't even worry about being at some place at, at sunrise or sunset, just going with the flow. And it was, I think it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, do you two have any more advice you would give a couple out there that wants to travel uh, you know, maybe a couple that has never been traveling together before. Any advice in terms of their relationship and, and travel? Yes. I would say the first advice, and it's not only for couples, but I would say for anything. Never go to a destination that is your dream destination with someone you haven't traveled before. Uh, because traveling with people, even if it's your couple, even if it's your, your friend or whoever, you know, traveling can bring either the best or the worst in people, depending on the situation. And how they react to to the differences in how people travel. Exactly. So, you know, if you really want to go, I don't know, to the Maldives, let's say, go with someone that you have traveled before that you know that you get along. That everything, you know, not get along as like, oh, I like you, but actually get along while you're traveling. So then you can actually enjoy the destination and get the best experience possible. If you want to just travel somewhere and see how the other person travels, I would say go somewhere close. And so in the worst scenario, you can always come back and it would not have a toll on your relationship in the same way. Like I remember before I met Steve, way before I met Steve, I was dating this guy and everything was going fine until we went to Aspen. I was living in Boulder, which is a four hour drive from Aspen. And literally the whole car ride, we never talk. And it was so awkward. And then we went there, we, and like we stayed there for a day, and the next day we were like, actually, let's go back. Like we have things to do. Never talk to him again. Like as you know, as a romantic vibe or anything like that. More like friends, but never again because we were like not compatible at all. And I'm so glad that it was you know a four-hour drive and not you know a half a like 12-hour flight. So I would say that my main recommendation is to pick a destination that is close to you. Uh, don't travel with, with, to your dream destination with someone you haven't traveled before. And also, just when you're planning in the destination, make sure that you both talk about what you want to do. Um, even if you've been a couple for a long time, you might not know what each one of you is interested when you're visiting a new place. You might know what each of you like doing in your hometown. When you go someplace new, there are new experiences. And make sure that each one of you knows what those are. Um, there's only so much time on a trip and you want to be able to get something that both people in the couple like, even if it's complete opposite things. Yeah, there's a lot of compromising. And I would say keep that in mind when traveling and also keep in mind on the budget that you're having. 
um because sometimes you want to go to a destination because you want to do something but you don't have you know you don't know how much that might cost like let's say you want to go i don't know scuba diving in the galapagos for example you know you know scuba diving normally costs about 70 to 100 dollars um to do it you know you go to the galapagos it's about 200 to 300 dollars depending on how you do it and where you do it so if you're gonna go with a Thai budget, maybe the Galapagos would not be an option if you both want to scuba dive. So kind of like have that in mind, do a lot of research before choosing a destination and make sure everything looks fine and then just go with an open mind and and, and with the idea that you will have to compromise. Nothing's gonna go 100% as planned and be open for that. And be ready for what you planned. Actually, neither of you will end up liking, but you'll both go through a museum you thought was cool, but is actually a complete waste of time. Excellent, excellent advice, you two. That just such such great insight into uh, into travels and 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 like you said, you know, don't travel to your dream destination with somebody you haven't traveled to before. We haven't heard that advice on the show before, but it's just it just makes so much sense. But until you hear somebody say it, it's uh, yeah, that's it makes total sense, and. I want to talk to you, too, about Travel to Blank now. And uh, getting into this, we talked a little bit about how you two kind of split up tasks and, and everything involved with the the blog and what you're doing online. But I want to start with, how did the name Travel to Blank get made? Where did this name come from? Well, basically, um, the idea for Travel to Blank started on my own website. When we moved to Ecuador, um, after I graduated college as well, I wasn't working really because I don't, I didn't speak Spanish and I couldn't really get a job there without speaking the language. So I started uh, blogging on my own website, um, my own personal website, just kind of what I was doing in Ecuador, life as an expat to keep my friends and family up to date. Um, and we started seeing some traffic on the website, and then we decided we should just put it on its own website and try building a little travel guide site for ourselves and for our friends. Our friends were asking us for the information of what we were doing. Um, and the one thing I knew at the time was the most important thing for choosing a brand, building a name, was making sure you could have the same social media accounts the same usernames and the same URL as your website. So we basically spent two or three weeks coming up with names related to travel and searching them on different social media platforms, seeing if the URLs were available. And it's not surprising that everything related to travel, the name's already taken. So it really was just us trying to come up with the best, the best um, name for what we did. And one weekend, Jasmine came home from her job and said, are we ready to go? Like, I should have been packing the bags and we're ready for a trip. Little did I know, there was no destination um, for that trip. She just wanted to travel that weekend. And it was, once we came back from that, it was travel to blank. We'll get in our car. We don't know where we're going, but we'll travel there. Yeah. And then when we went to Spain, it kind of made that idea even stronger. Because, like, every weekend I have as a goal, like, I was going to be there for a year, so my goal was to travel every single weekend, even if it was, like, half an hour away from Madrid, somewhere new. Traveling, uh, either by bus, by train, by plane, even walking, 
taxi sharing, like we, you name it, we did everything you can imagine. And kind of that, it, it made it made our idea of our brand make it what it was. Because a lot of people didn't understand it at first because they were like, what does travel to blank means? But then we said like, you feel the blank. Like, you know, it's wherever you want to go, we have been there and we're going to help you have the best experience there. So that's kind of like how the brand became what it is today. Excellent. And, and I love that, you know, this this has kind of evolved and, and you've kind of made it your own and it's it's related to, you know, what you two have done in the past. And I want to talk to you about, you know, how when this began, how were the tasks uh split up between the two of you because there's so much that goes into travel blogging from creating the blogs uh the blog posts updating the website you know updating all your social media accounts that you have going on there's so much when you first started how were the tasks uh separated and then how has it evolved since you have started well when we started it was a lot of me doing um pretty much every aspect of it jasmine was working full-time at that time at, at, uh, at a different job. So I was the one with all the free time. Um, Jasmine, of course, was helping taking photos. She liked Instagram more than I did, so was doing that more often simply because she liked it. Over time, uh, basically, it depends on how much time each one of us has had. We've had different jobs, freelance positions over the years, and it's really who has more time to devote to it. Um, yeah. And also, like, the thing is, like, something that we realized is that when we just began our, our travel blog, even though it existed, you know, tools to help you with the SEO or, you know, I don't know, so many different things that now you can do, like Pinterest and things like that, we didn't really know much about it. Uh, we were just writing and hoping that it would, you know, magically, magically work. work. Uh, so right now, actually, this year, after two years, after three years or two years, we decided to actually take Travel to Blanc more serious in the sense of actually spending more, not only time writing the content, but actually optimizing it. Uh, and it has been a lot of work, but it has it has been fun because I, I am doing that right now uh, in Spanish because, of course, that's my native language. And still, we'll have to do that in English. It has been kind of interesting and fun to do because I re- I am relieving relieving myself. Yeah. I'm relieving all these trips that I had. You know, like the other day, I was doing my my I was optimizing a post of Cambodia, and I was like, I felt like I was back in Cambodia. It, it just felt amazing just to reread what I did, seeing the photos, in some other cases, see even a video that I created for that destination, and it's just it's. It, it's just fantastic, and I think like you know, right now there's more tools to being a travel blogger that you what that at least I had knowledge when we just started. So right now we do need more of a calendar, like a, an editorial calendar of like you do this, I do that, because there's so much to do that we need to manage somehow. But before it was more like just doing it for fun, I would say. Right, I'd say now we're probably like three or six months behind in what work we know we need to do. Um, besides the work that we don't even know we need to do yet. And for example, like, as I said, like everything that, everything that uh, includes grammar and includes uh, English, Steve has to be the one who does it. I normally, what I do, I do a draft, even if it's email, I, I need to send so many emails every day. 
And every single time, I just have them all as a draft, and I ask Steve, can you please go and reread them and make sure they make sense? Because, of course, no one wants to hire someone with bad English to write about their destination or their product. So I need to make sure they know the quality of English that's going to be actually the post going to be written. Um, so Steve has to make sure of that. But I do everything that's photo editing, uh, videography, uh, everything that's in Spanish, everything that's social media. Yeah, right now I don't do very much. Well, I, I don't have the time at this point. Well, you do the like proofreading. I, I do proofreading mostly now because there are only so many hours in the day left for me. Or the trips that he does alone, he has to write it because I can't. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, this is something that, you know, we try to uh, emphasize on the podcast that there is so much that goes into creating a blog and maintaining it and in maintaining your social channels as well. Uh, I mean, we uh, have been overwhelmed with all the work that goes into it as well. And, and you know, some of our social channels have uh, dropped in engagement because of that and you know there is a lot that you need to juggle and especially as a couple obviously you two have split up the tasks and, and it has evolved over time based on the way your lifestyle has evolved and you know it's you, you two are obviously working putting on a lot of work to get travel to blank to where it is today and where you want it to be in the future yeah and i think that one of the things that we realize at the end of the day is that there's so much you can actually do. You can work as many hours as you want, but there's so much that you can have an impact um, in your content in the sense of like Instagram algorithm. Like I cannot change it, unfortunately. I wish I could, but I can't. Um, how Google ranks my blog post, there's not much I can do about that, but there's other stuff that I can do. I can share it on my social media platforms, all the content to my personal ones, I can send it to friends. I can find a way to get my content out there. And that's how, you know, I feel like now people need to focus. Instead of complaining about like, you know, this doesn't work, that doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. It's finding another way that you can actually have the power to control the results of something. Um, and I think like that takes a lot of time as well. But it's part of the job, you know. So it, it's fun. You need to see it as something that is, you know, it might be tedious, but at the end of the day, it will be fun when you see rewarded yourself with high numbers, either on engagement, on readerships, or whatever it is that you do. Definitely, definitely. And I want to close this interview with one last question we like to ask our couples that come on the show. And obviously, since you guys have met, uh, since you guys have started this sort of travel lifestyle, whatever it has brought you, you've learned so many different things. What is one thing you wish you had known before starting this lifestyle? Whether that's, you know, something to do with travel, something to do with uh, blogging or, uh, you know, anything to do with this lifestyle that you've created what is that one thing you wish you had known before starting this lifestyle? I think the most important thing for me is I wish I knew that renter's insurance actually covers items that are normally in your home that you're traveling with. We've lost so many things. We've, we've been, we were robbed once and we didn't know that our renter's insurance would actually cover it. And once we did realize that, we've actually had several situations that because we live in an apartment, 
our stuff was covered when we travel, and that has just saved the day for us uh, more it's than fun. once. Yeah. That is really incredible, and I had no idea about that. That is actually something that uh, is really useful to know for sure. Yeah, it is. It, it is amazing. I, my camera that I got um, that got lost in the airport. In the airport. Well, actually, someone took it. Um, you know, they replaced it, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Like, but I was like in New York. I was not in Raleigh. Doesn't matter. It was. It, it's a product that you have in your house, so therefore it's covered, and that's kind of. Amazing. The only way it would have not been covered was if it was in my car, because then it's the car insurance instead of the rental insurance. But that's good to know, and a lot of people should check that out. Um, the rental insurance, it, depending on where you live, it's not as expensive as you might think, and it it can actually save the day. It's really important to have it. Uh, I used to have it in college because it was a bundle, so it was cheaper actually for me to have it from not having it with my car rental, um, car insurance, sorry, but. You know, it's something like people should be looking more. Yeah, basically, we never want to plan for the worst situations to be happening, but you should be aware of the best ways to mitigate them if they do, whether it be with something like renter's insurance or anything else in your travel planning. Absolutely, absolutely. And there you have it, Jasmine and Steven sharing their travel stories with you today on the To The Nations Worldwide Travel Couple Podcast. I want to say a very special thank you to our guests. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me here on this episode. Thank you for having us. I just want to give you to the floor. Uh, let our audience know where they can find you online, what's the best way to reach out to you, and anything else you want to leave them with. Uh well, first of all, thank you so much for having us. It's such a pleasure to share a little bit of, about us with you and with your audience. Uh, you can reach us at anything at Travel to Blank. We are always ready to answer any of the questions that anyone can have about a destination, about traveling, about traveling as a couple, about working remotely, about living in a different country where you don't speak the language, whatever it is. We're always there uh, to help anyone, uh, give always an answer, and most importantly we just hope to see one of you out there on the road yeah and that's another thing i was going to say no matter what you do in life travel even if it's like 10 minutes outside your house travel like it really pays off it opens your mind it makes you more tolerant it makes you more human in a way and it makes you connect in different ways with different people so make sure that travel is part of your life if you have a family if you have kids, make sure they see traveling as not an option, but something that they have to do always. Because honestly, it pays off. It's like, it, it, it just, it takes you to a different level in your life, in your career, in everything. So anyway, I just want to say thank you so much and feel free to ever or always reach out to us. Thank you to all of our listeners out there, to the nations worldwide. We cannot express our appreciation enough for having you listen to today's episode. Visit us at travelcouplepodcast.com slash 70. That's this episode, episode 70's show notes page. Leave a comment on the page about your travels with your significant other. We'll be sure to get back to you. you. And if you'd be so kind, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. And we'll be sure to consistently deliver you these episodes every Wednesday. This is Mike Pletz and Natalie, hoping you have a wonderful adventure to the nations worldwide.